Well, good morning. Well, or afternoon or evening, whatever time you're listening to this. That's true. Yeah. True. So today we're here with Bob and Beth Ferrister of Beth Ferrister and Company, real estate agent and broker in the Woodlands, Texas. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> they happen to be the best people around. So I really wanted to start with your story of you, both of you. Oh, our story of us? Yes. Oh, God. I want to know what Bob thought when he met Beth. Well, we, we were a blind date. We went to a UT football game. That's Tennessee UT. Yeah. And after the football game, we went and sat on a wall outside. There was two dorms at UT. One was New Hall North and New Hall South. And we sat on the wall at New Hall South, and Beth said, What would you say, Beth? So do you want to get married? <laughs> and I said, wow, I don't think so. I don't think so. But he said. <laughs> well, it was a little soon. He probably said that. I don't remember. I don't remember. But anyway, I finally talked him into it. Six months later. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We decided to run off and get married and just not tell anybody for a long time. And then I accidentally told my aunt. The next day. No, <laughs> well, probably, and she ended up telling my parents. Whoops! So yeah. that that did not become a secret very long. Yeah, we we went to Bryson City, which was a marriage factory on the other side of Tennessee in North Carolina, marriage and they factory. had eloped. Eloped. Yeah, they had a, eloped. <laughs> between the blood test and the ceremony, we had we had burgers, and then we I had the ceremony where there was the janitor was the witness. And the Justice of the Peace. And it was really nice. We went back and I went to class and she went somewhere and told everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my best friend was there too. Our best friend, my best friend went with us, Brenda Rose. Yeah, they drove and I sat in the back seat. (laughs) (laughs) What were you wearing? Just jeans. Yeah, I was wearing some (laughs) sort of a denim dress. I don't know. (laughs) It seemed like a fun thing to do at the time, but then, you know, it wasn't. But anyway, so we just got married, and we lived in an apartment on campus and went to school. And um, actually, a sad part of it was my father passed away before we actually had the real ceremony. So we never got a formal marriage until many years later. 22 years later. Yeah, renewed our vows 22 years later. But... um, Anyways, we did um, live in an apartment near school and went on to school. And then like a year and several months later, we had our first child, Shannon, and then went on to have three more. But then you got your uh, engineering degree, right? I got an engineering degree from the University of Tennessee. Then we moved to Virginia to work for Newport News Shipbuilding and Dry Dock. And I went to night school at William Mary and got an MBA. And as soon as we graduated from there, we left and we moved back to Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Engineering at the time. Right. So how long were you there? Uh, Nine years in Chattanooga, and then we moved here. We were working in nuclear power plant component manufacturing, and it was just after Chernobyl and stuff, and the whole industry went south and Three Mile Island and all that. And so combustion engineering had oil and gas property, so we moved to Texas. We had the opportunity to move to Ventura or to here, but Ventura was too expensive. So we moved here. He missed a couple of things too. Well, while we were in Chattanooga, (laughs) (laughs) while we were in Chattanooga, we had two more. So we had Courtney in Virginia. We had Shannon in in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we had Courtney in Virginia, Newport News, and then we had Rory and Ryan in um, 
Chattanooga. Yeah. Yeah. So we had them in Chattanooga. And so there was a lot happening there that you kind of left out. But anyway, well, yeah. part of the family, part of the family came along. So that's right. And then when we moved to Houston. Is that when you became the real estate? Well, that's, yeah. I, it, Beth, I felt Beth, like I had to do something. Interest rates way. were 16 and 7 eighths when we moved here. So it was a lot. So yeah. we, so Beth said, Beth was always what I called Valerie Volunteer. And I said, well, maybe it'd be nice if you made some money doing stuff. So she thought she'd go into realty. Well, I admired my real estate agent that sold us the house. And so I thought, well, that would be something I could sell is real estate. I didn't think I could sell anything that people didn't need and everybody needs a home. So I started out very cocky and very full of um, confidence and um, started out with a little company called uh, McGurton Company. They were small, but they had been around for like since 1948 or something yep. like that. They were a really cool little company and uh, a lot of older agents there. And I was pretty young at the time. And so uh, they were like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to be number one in a year. And so uh, they laughed. And then I was. And they said, you'll burn out. And she's yet to burn out. Yeah, I'm never going to burn out. <laughs> I'm going to try to last till I'm 90 working like Abby Halliday in Dallas did. And then I'm going to retire at 90 and turn it over to my grandchildren and then kind of oversee it until I'm like 100. And then So you're not going to retire. No, I'm never going to retire, actually. That's true. That's true. Never going to retire. But anyways, but we've enjoyed the business. We've in, certainly enjoyed our family. We have a great family and very talented. Yeah. At one point when McGirt ended and a couple other things happened. Yeah. Well, then when McGirt was sold to Merrill Lynch, and which was a brokerage, actually, but they felt like the brokerage could, the real estate could feed the brokerage with high-end clients. So we were Merrill Lynch, and that was kind of fun, too. We went on a lot of trips and things uh, that they paid for, but for their top producers all over Houston and I, uh, or all over the country. And I was the one from Houston, the top producer in Houston. So we got to go on all these really cool trips um, to, I don't know, where did we go, to Quebec, or did we go to... Yeah, Quebec, San Francisco. Francisco yes. Boca Raton. Yep. And oh, it was so much fun. And our cruise, we went on a cruise right. to where we got in a hurricane and got stuck on the cruise and halfway fell in love with the, with the, with the entertainment director. What's he called? <laughs> the cruise dude. Anyway, yeah. he kind of liked me a lot too. Wait, with say. all the children? All four children? No, 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 no. No, I don't, I don't flirt with people with the children. <laughs> so no, but it was fun. No, he was a young guy and we did have a lot of fun, but Anyway, it was fun. It was, that was fun. We had a lot of fun times. And then Merrill Lynch sold to Prudential. And I said, while I enjoy being a bull, I didn't want to be a rock. So that's when I left Prudential and went to a small company and took a lot of agents with me. And it was called Forest Associates, which was very close to my name and bothered the ladies a lot, actually, that it was very close to my name. And so that, that relationship didn't go real well. Um, well, it went for a while. And then it, it went, went for south. a while, and then all of a sudden it became like, you know, uh, kind of a struggle. So I left without any of the agents from that company and started my own company in 91. Right. And um, I had the first week I had, uh, I had like 40 listings at the time, and all of them decided to go with me. I'm, the company wow. that I left thought they would stay with them, but they didn't. They decided to go with me, which was really cool. And um, so then, I, but all of the clients would say, well, how many agents do you have? And I was like, 
uh, like one, you know, but <laughs> my daughter, actually my daughter was with me and Shannon my assistant. Yeah. Shannon was with me at the time. So I said, Oh, I have like hundreds of agents and they're like, really? And I said, yeah, every agent on, on the block here, you know, every agent in this area <laughs> will, um, support me. And they did. And then most of the top producers came with me and, um, nice. that became, um, a fun thing. And then it got too big. It got to be like 50 agents. We opened a Woodlands office, and um, then I'll let Bob tell you. So during that time, Bob's companies, Bob had started in the, in the shipyard business, which went downhill. Then he went, came down to Chattanooga, went to the nuclear business, which went downhill. Then he came to Houston in the oil business, which went downhill. And then the asbestos abatement business, which went downhill. So we finally decided that since real estate was doing so well, maybe he should run the company and start real estate. And I prayed to God that it didn't go downhill. So that's what you did, right? That's what I did. He came in and brought it up. No, I just came in and maintained. But we ran it, and we ran it as Ferrister and Company for about six or seven years. Right. And then we sold to Coal Banker. Right. We had a choice. We, We had some people that wanted to purchase it. And at the time, it had gotten too big. And I was trying to still be a top realtor. And um, it was becoming, it just was becoming too hard. It was prob- it was just too hard to manage and, and keep them happy and me happy. And we had a lot of, we were the ones that took care of the compact computers at the time. They were coming on board and we would have literally hundreds of transferees coming in. And I had plenty to give the agents. And then that dried up a little bit. And then uh, we just decided there was a lot of companies that wanted to purchase us. So we just decided to sell. And Coal Banker was the obvious choice because they were really the, um, the luxury market. And they just had quality service, which is what we've always promoted in our business is quality service. So we sold to Coal Banker. Yeah. And then 18 years later. 18, we stayed with them 18 years. Yeah. And I loved it. I mean, I loved everybody there. They were so good to me. And, uh, but I got this bug about four years ago mm-hmm. that I wanted to finish my career till I'm a hundred with, uh, my own company. So that's when I started Beth Ferrister and Company, a little different from Ferrister and Company. So I started Beth Ferrister and Company and then, um, slowly added, I had a team at the time of five agents. So I mm-hmm. took the team with me and started Beth Ferriston Company, and we were no longer really a team. We were more individual agents working under one umbrella to help each other, Mm -hmm. and that's what we did and created this unbelievable, unbelievable company that we have now, which is so full of synergy and partnership with all the agents, and uh, it's just the most wonderful time I've really had. I'm just so proud of everybody. They do such a great job. They're all top producers, and I've been able to maintain my position with the Houston Business Journal every year for the past 18 years as one of the top 10 realtors in all of Houston. So I'm real proud of that. That's my goal every year. So. So I want I want to hear more about when she came home and decided that she wanted to become a real estate agent. Like, (laughs) what did you? What was your reaction? What did you think? We said, you know, you're not going to make any money at first, which they don't. Um, we had allocated, I think her first seven months, she made $7,000. I thought it was 900 well, But anyway, well, I spent 7000 <laughs> I spent 7000 and made nine. But we were very supportive because we wanted her to. Oh, exactly. So she, she had some great ideas. So mm-hmm. back then, real estate was a little cheaper. So we were in a market where houses were like thirty-five to $40,000. And she had an idea that she would produce a cookbook. 
but instead of giving them a cookbook, they would she would give them the outside, and every month we'd walk around the neighborhood and give them two recipes to put in their cookbook. I, now I did all that walking at first because yeah. you're going to put the rest of it off on me in a minute. So no. I want to I want to preface this by saying that. I walked in a silk dress yes. from house to house in Bridgestone. That's yeah. right. And we folded the things. You That's right. It. You did all <laughs> I did all that. When you say we, you're saying yeah. the children. Myself. Right. The children. Well, the yeah. children. We'll and, get into and, the children. But it grew from there as that was a successful thing. Yeah. She did full cookbooks. So then she made a full cookbook. I think the first one was called Beth Ferrister with Interest and Appreciation. No, <laughs> cooking with Interest <laughs> and Appreciation. Well, in any case, it was still... <laughs> you forgot the part where at Christmas through Bridgestone, oh. we got we put all four kids in the back of a truck, I and my you. poor mother, God rest her soul, uh, knitted 200 little teeny tiny stockings. To, to put candy canes in. Put candy oh. canes in, and we went through the Bridgestone neighborhood singing carols and hoping that somebody would come Beth, out. Beth had this great idea it that great everybody idea. was going to pour out of their houses yeah. and, and get these things that said, Beth first or realtor. So we drove around and it was nobody came out. We had like 180 stockings <laughs> we left. We had them for years. Oh, yeah. I still, we still have one where in memory they? of my mother. I would have one. I don't know where they went to, but we gave them away at some point in time. But that was kind of pitiful. But that led into the family did participate in everything I did. And uh, so the cookbooks became an annual event. An and annual then, event that you'd, you'd put them together. And then we'd get up and we'd rally at 4 o'clock in the, in the morning. morning wow. yes. And we'd go hit the streets and we'd walk around and we'd hand And I would drive around. To, to, they to would around walk around. 1,200 homes. We hand-delivered them. But and when you've got and, four kids and a husband, it works really well. And I was driving in the car to keep the books so I could refill So were you bags. just waving your hand? Yeah, like I was just Princess kind of, driving. Yes, that was and it. We were so good that other people... <laughs> Asked us if we could do their stuff sometimes. Really? Yeah, but we but, said no. But we and and back then when people weren't doing it, we did the flags on Fourth of July. So we did cookbooks, and then we do flags. Yeah, same thing. Four o'clock, we'd be team red, white, and blue. Yeah. Oh wow. And we'd go out with all these flags and plant them in their yards. Yeah. And, and but it worked. I mean, it people did. It was remember great. that. And so we took over that neighborhood pretty much. Yeah, in the neighborhood of Wimbledon, Beth had 27 <laughs> listings in one little neighborhood. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And I had a, I had, had a competitor at first, and God rest her soul, uh, <laughs> but she was no competitor after a while, and it was kind of sad. But um, because competition's good, you know, yeah. real, as long as you can win. Competition is good when you're winning. Competition is not good for me when I'm not winning. So she had a name writer, and she wasn't supposed to be putting them up. Well, yeah, they had a protected farms. At the, we shouldn't really tell this. Okay, story. we'll, well that No. <laughs> okay, well, you brought it up. No but names. No, no names, but it was a protected Years farms, ago. they called it. Yeah, a long time ago, the old ages. But anyways, so they protected my farm because that was my neighborhood, and I had um, earned it. I had earned it. And so anybody with our company was not allowed to put their name writer on their signs if they had a listing in my farm. So she did. So suddenly one day (laughs) I came in. I think the kids were away at school or something Mm -hmm. like that. And they came home for the weekend. And there was this really cool little napkin holder on our table that was was kind of metal folded several times with (laughs) napkins in it and with somebody's name on it. And so that obviously that name writer disappeared. Yeah. 
I don't know how it happened. And it went nobody to admitted it. Actually, in our family, nobody admitted a lot of things that happened, actually. But, not uh, until Thanksgiving. Not Thanksgiving. Not Thanksgiving. <laughs> Every Thanksgiving, we have confession in our family. O- open, open confession. Open no confession, trouble. yeah. You can get away with whatever you've done that past year. And we've learned some really interesting things over the years, I can tell you that. We, know we won't go into that. No. Telling about the name writer is bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, no. Yeah, it, was, it was fun. It was fun, and it's still fun. Now we have grandkids. Oh, so that's yeah, going to be They're fun. the best things yeah. ever. Our grandkids are geniuses, and they're multi-talented, and just a lot of fun, right? Yes, ma'am. So we don't see them often enough because they're spread out from Scotland to um, Austin and Nashville now. It used to be San Antonio, but now Nashville. But yep. we enjoy that. Now we've got this wonderful company. And then we opened up our coffee house, mm-hmm. which is our giving back. We didn't realize how much giving back we were going to do with it. But <laughs> as the market, kind of, as uh, the coronavirus has come on and, you know, caused a real slack in the business that was already struggling to, to make it through its first year. So, uh, but we're still giving back. Yeah. Because we, we're very, very grateful for all we've had. And it, it, we've been blessed with great family great friends, great agents, and uh, fellow agents out there too, and, mm-hmm. and just lots of friends and family that we have. So we feel very blessed, and so we want to give back, and that's our way of giving back is through raising money for charities through Love Beans. Yeah. And we have friends who love coffee, like these two friends that are sitting here with us. We love coffee. <laughs> love Beans is the best coffee in the Woodlands. They even had a baby for us that is oh. our Love Beans baby. <laughs> Yeah, we did that just for the house, <laughs> just you know, the giving house. back. We needed a mascot, and they were giving back. And so they you brought this wonderful baby into the world, <laughs> who is my comfort baby. I love it when he comes over because it's so much fun. What brought you to the Woodlands? What brought us to the Woodlands? Well, we because were, you saw the Woodlands come about, right? So you, were, much, you were here yeah. when there was nothing here. We came here in 81. And it was kind of scary. We came from Chattanooga. They had 200,000 people. Total. And they said... Welcome to the Woodlands. We're going to be 200,000 plus. And we said, that's a little bit big. Mm-hmm. At the time, 1960 was as far north as most people went. Right. And so that's where we went. We looked, though. I was a typical husband alone by myself in the beginning. So I went to Kingwood. I went to Sugarland. I went everywhere with my realtor. Mm-hmm. Drove her crazy. And then we ended up in Wimbledon. Uh, but it was just the right place for us at the it time. Was. Klein schools were the... Excellent schools excellent at the time. Excellent schools, yeah. And that's what's kind of important to us with the four So kids. thank you, Realtor, for bringing you guys to Wimbledon. Oh, she oh, was absolutely. great. And she, God rest her soul, too. We, 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 at God our age, we have a people. lot of people we've lost, okay? <laughs> that's just part of it. But no, she was great. She was really, really great. And she even took us to Kingwood, which yes. at the time they weren't paying Realtor fees. Wow. But mm-hmm. she took us out there and said, look, I want you to see this, even though they won't cooperate with realtors. And so uh, she was she was really a great, great person. And our children, three of them graduate. That's, we have three girls. Mm-hmm. And then we had a, our son. And um, he's just the most charming, wonderful individual in the world. But he <laughs> went to several schools. Uh, the girls all graduated from Klein and then went to UT. We had a a marketing major, uh, an accountant, and an attorney. Graduate with the three girls from UT. And Ryan went to Klein, and then he went to St. Stephen's in Austin, and then he came back and went to Klein, and then he graduated from John Cooper. So a uh, step up. Yeah, he liked to transfer schools, or we <laughs> liked to transfer him from school to school. But anyway, he ended up at UT with actually a degree, and um, 
what was it? Liberal arts. Liberal and, arts. Yeah. <laughs> Which means something. But. And we, we can't figure out still today what exactly he does, but he's happy and he's our free spirit and uh, he keeps us all on the positivity train when we fall off. We have a Ferrister family text that goes on forever. Especially recently. Recently. Oh my With gosh. With the crisis. 100 uh, posts a day. Yeah, at so least 100 like times a day. They're bringing the news to you. Yes. It's they're it, just worried about you. They want to make sure you're up to date. Yeah, they, oh, think, yeah. they think we old people need to be sheltered That's in place. Right. Shelter in place. You are sheltered in place. We're sheltered right you're here in your this office. It's your right. home. This is my home. That's right. We're go. we're sheltered right here in the conference room today. But no, we we are concerned about the coronavirus and the spread of it. But uh, we also have businesses to carry on, and mm-hmm. we're also more concerned in many ways on the business world. And one of my clients just reminded me of. Oil, $11 a barrel this morning, so um, that's not good either. But we have all positive feelings. We're listing houses, selling houses, and wearing our masks when we need to, and then we're, um, we're you know, wearing rubber gloves or vinyl gloves. And at the co- uh, coffee house, we're doing takeout. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to survive in a uh, world full of um, quarantine, really. So, But we keep going because that's what we do. Yeah. And yeah. The, my favorite book I ever read, The Children, was The Little Engine That Could. I think that was the only book I ever read, The Children. Yeah, I wasn't I big so. into reading, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> actually. But it was my favorite book because it said everything I wanted it to. You know, you, mm-hmm. if you think you can, you can. And I think that all this is going to pass and that the world is going to be a better place and people are going to love each other more yeah. and they're going to love their families more if they don't get divorced or separated <laughs> during the quarantine. <laughs> but no, seriously, I think it's a it's really a recheck that we all kind of needed to understand, you know, what really is important in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's first family. And we have a lot of families. We have our family, then we have our friends, which were our family, and then we have our agents, which are our family. And we just love it all. Love it all. And we've been married, I'm not going to say the exact years, but I'll say over 50 years. And um, She's not saying exact years because she doesn't remember. I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, but I don't want to say it. Okay. Anyway, because I was married when I was 10. We forgot that part when we were going through the whole thing. But yeah, no, <laughs> not really. But uh, anyways, but we've, we've tried to stay young as we can, haven't we? Best we can. Yeah, we do. We try to keep up with the grandchildren. One of my grandchildren is coming this summer to intern again, like she did last summer. So we hope that there will be a, um, you know, a Ferrister down the line that takes over all the companies when I'm a hundred. A hundred and one. Maybe a hundred and one. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I may we'll stop be, at ninety. No, you're not going no, to stop at, at ninety. 90. No, yeah. I don't see you stopping. No. Do you see her stopping at ninety? I don't see her ever stopping. No, not until it stops. <laughs> not, not until whenever it, real estate stops yeah until me i stop you know never. but no it's just something i enjoy i love it you should yeah, never fun. stop something you love so keeps you young yeah it does keep us young mm-hmm. so so do yeah. you have any advice for anyone who's starting in the real estate business now if you could go back how about this mm-hmm. if you could go back and talk to beth Ferrister, you know when she began what would you say and same for you although i know you were later yeah yeah, Bob is more in the brokerage type of it, but I guess any agents starting out, I mean, I ask a lot of questions when I started out, and I had a good instructor. I went to North Harris County College to get 
the real estate courses instead of taking them online. And I had a really good instructor. So I asked all sorts of questions and I followed a lot of things that they told me to do. And it has changed tremendously over the past 38 years, which I've been in this business. But I would tell them, first of all, to be prepared. And in this marketplace, we just don't know. I think we'll probably see a lot of real estate agents, just like small businesses, which they are. Um, Each agent is a small business of their own. I think we'll see them struggling. Um, Have a mentor. It's always good to have a mentor. That's what we do here. I've mentored. One of these agents was my first protege ever, and that was 25 years ago. And she uh, is still with me. And so if you have a mentor, it's really helpful. Somebody that can show you the ropes, maybe refer some things to you to get you started, and um, just go with a quality company. Some people, you might like a big company of 400. We don't. We will never have over 20, 22 people in our, in our uh, agency, mostly because we learned a, a lesson with having too many before. Less is more for us. But starting out in real estate is tough. Don't expect to make a whole lot in the first year. Plant your seeds. That's why we called it farm areas before in the old (laughs) days because we were planting seeds of whatever. You know, uh, use your um, network of people that you know now, your friends, your family, and you always have to ask for the business. If you leave a house and you're competing or whether you're not competing and you don't say, I really am excited and I really want to help you market your home, then you've missed the boat. You've got to ask for the business. Yeah. You've got to be happy. You've got to be positive, And you just got to be persistent and dig deep. There'll yeah, be a lot yeah. of disappointments. You have to do a couple of things. I always tell the new agents when they're actually new, you have to be money motivated. I mean, yes. you can't do it part-time if you want to make money. Uh, Beth's key to success was she made a budget of what she was going to spend. <laughs> And she earned to make her budget of spending. And it actually was quite a successful thing. She still does. Um, you know, so, and you got to be willing to work all day, every day, seven days a week, right. if you want to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be a real estate agent and not do anything. It's not doing anything for yourself or your family. So if you want to be successful, you just have to be always available. Beth has clients for 30 years that still call her out of the blue because they remember what she did for them. Yeah. And still does for them. So, you know, we still get those calls all the time. And yeah. It's, and it's a tribute to what, you know, what's happened over the years. You've got to stay in touch with all your past clients. And <clears throat> and you have to be a counselor because it's a very emotional thing selling a house. So you have to yeah. put up with a lot of nervous breakdowns from other people, you know, and try to guide them through it. And I've always been very honest. And so I'm, you know, I tell them up front, if you don't want to hear the truth then you probably don't want to work with me so I do try to limit my listings that I take because I don't have hundreds of listings some agents thrive on that and I just try to keep those that I can you know keep control on kind of like Mac at Gallery Furniture everybody asks him why don't you open a lot of stores and he's like because I just want to be able to be there and see the one that I have so quality over quantity yes yes Mm -hmm. quality over quantity is our motto every day for everyone in every price range. We don't specialize in price. We specialize in quality. So that's our motto, and we're sticking to it. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for you today. Please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, website, Ferrister.com, Beth Ferrister Co. on Instagram, and we'll be 
having more podcasts once a month. Exactly. We hope so. Or maybe more if we have something important to say. There we go. Thank Our you. next podcast will have Marilyn Carson. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll have Marilyn, my first protege. So tune in. We'll give you some warning next time. We'll give you some warning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. Thanks, and Cindy. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.